My business hashtag more than graphics is a lifestyle mantra turned podcast. Hi, I'm Danielle, a graphic designer, owner of Octane Design Studios, wife and mom of three. The MTG podcast is a virtual space for hard truth telling and life chronicles surrounding women and men in the tech and creative industries. Tune in as myself, Cicely and Brittany put it all on the table, sharing authentic life truths as we sustain and empower each other in search of our tribe. We're more than a designer. We're more than our name badge. We're more than the work we produce. Welcome to the MTG Podcast, because life is more than graphics. Welcome back, everyone, to a very special bonus episode of More Than Graphics Podcast. I am Danielle. And I'm Cicely. And it's just the two of us today, because we're doing something extra special, um, continuing the conversation on empathy. Super excited to have a very special guest, Yara Leroy, of Pretty Strange Design. Like, when I say pretty, I do mean pretty, like, pretty strange. <laughs> Some people may not know or follow Pretty Strange Design on Instagram, but I, I personally got to know um, the artist behind the madness and just really understand her internal message of um, humanity and empathy. And so I'm excited to have her on the show. So I am uh, a born and bred Ohioan. I'm from Dayton, Ohio. And I have lived in Lexington, Kentucky um, for about 10 years. Um, I came here at first to go to college and moved away for a little bit and bounced around, but ended up back here and just really liking the community and wanting to uh, invest in the creative community here. And I am an artist. I am primarily a visual artist and um my mediums are paint and fiber art, but almost all of my art is uh, related to words and lettering and language and utilizing beautiful visual art to send um, important messages and ask uh, important questions and sometimes ask silly questions or talk about silly things. But uh, mostly I try to focus on socially conscious work. Um, and a few things I'm working on, I am, uh, I've been really passionate about fashion for a long time and it's something that I've expressed in my own, uh, life and closet, but I'm dipping my toes into designing things and, uh, exploring what sustainable, sustainable fashion looks like and how I can, um, contribute to, to that movement and make it more accessible. So. I um, upcycle secondhand and vintage clothes with embroidery and um, embroidered lettering as well. So that's, I'm working on a collection of clothes and that'll be dropping pretty soon. So keep your eyes out. I'm really excited about that. And um, yeah, other than that, I've been doing some like branding projects here and there and uh, painting and I have a, um, I'm a part of a group show a gallery show my first one um this month so that's really exciting um, yeah so that's that <laughs> girl sounds like you are super busy i love it <laughs> um i remember in the in the earlier parts of now i first followed you from from instagram originally was first drawn to you from there so that was my first original medium of really meeting you um beyond of where we are now <laughs> 
And I, I've always been drawn to um, the truth behind your artisanship more so than just the artistry itself. It's, of course, for any artist to recognize another artist, you kind of start seeing some of the deeper roots that kind of make them who they are. And I see a lot of that um, resonate even more so now as you've moved toward fashion. Um, so I really like admire a lot of uh, the artisanship and the truth that you create through your artisanship all the time. Thank you. Like Danielle, I think I started following you on Instagram as well. Maybe Danielle um, shared one of your posts, but I love um, keeping up with you and your husband and the cat. <laughs> so, <laughs> and your really awesome designs. Like you have a great, I think, very full and rounded um, Instagram. <laughs> I try, you know. <laughs> I mean, it shows all the effort that goes into it. It shows. <laughs> so, what role does empathy play in helping you serve the community? So, at my best, empathy is central to what I do. That's like at my very best. Um, I think, as um, a creative or an artist, it's really easy to get sucked into um, your own like selfish vision, vision, what you want to do and what you want to convey and what you want to put out into the world. But um, I think um, at my best, like I'm not telling people in my community what they need. I'm listening and passing the mic and um, letting people tell me what they, I'm letting people tell me what they need what messages they want to send, like what they want the broader world to know about who they are in their community. And um, I'm listening to those things and those conversations and I'm making artwork in response to that. So that's what, um, that's the tie between empathy and art, in my opinion. I think that's so awesome. And I think it's very important, especially um, as creatives and artists of color, because usually we're in communities with people that look like us more often than not. And I think it's very important for um, for artists and anyone who's creating anything to give a voice and to give um, kind of a place for people that look like you as well. So I think that's really cool. Yes, exactly. Um, I'm taking notes as we're talking. Both of us do that. All, all of us do that. I really took away from what you just said. I'm listening and passing the mic and making artwork in response to that. I think that is so true when we talk about being uh, true to ourselves as an artisan, um, how, how much the outside influences as we create art, period. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking primarily for myself as a graphic designer, but, you know, I take in all those elements, good or bad, and I'm somehow wielding it into something different. And, and a lot of times it is a response to something that has either bothered me or maybe provoked in thought, um, maybe even more so um, over the past several weeks and months, even as our political climate has changed, as our physical climate has changed below Hurricane Dorian. Um, there is a lot of things that are happening in and around us that influence us as artisans. And um, I, I couldn't say uh, I couldn't say that stronger, that a lot of times your artwork is, a, is literally a response to what's happening around us. Can you share a time, um, a time, an instance, or a project even where empathy was extended to you? So this, um, this story doesn't really have a lot to do with art. Um, but like, I mean, I guess ultimately, like everything in my life, it helped inform my, um, my place in the world as an artist and my ability to express that part of myself. But um, back in 2011, I had just graduated from college and I had just completed an art residency in New York City. 
I had been just like high on life, like living in New York and like creating art with other artists in Chelsea, just like <laughs> doing the most. And then it all ended very abruptly and I had to move home and move in with my parents. And um, I like slipped into, well, not slipped, but I mean, I just became like extremely depressed and I struggled with depression. I mean, ever since I was a little kid, like I just remember, you know, just being really sad at, at various points and not really knowing why, but, um, but yeah, so it was 2011, I was like 22 and I was at home um, sleeping on my parents' floor <laughs> in the den and like really depressed and um, feeling really aimless and hopeless and um, just feeling this dread that I had never felt before and feeling like I didn't know why I was here. I didn't know if I wanted to be here on this earth anymore um, to get like really serious about it. And I just remember like my parents, um, specifically my mom, just really um, noticing and realizing how serious like my depression was. And um, I just remember having a conversation with her one time at the dining room table and she revealed to me that um, her own struggles with mental illness and that she uh, is she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder around this, like around the same age as me at you know, her early twenties. And I never knew that. <laughs> like I went my whole life without knowing that my mom was bipolar and that she had been seriously treated for it early in her life and early in my parents' marriage. And so this was just like a huge, huge for me to learn that at this point in my life when I'm struggling with some mental illness um, yeah, so I could tell that she saw herself in me at that moment and, um, it really like hit her and yeah, so that, that moment really resonated with me and it put me on this path of going to therapy and healing. Um, yeah, so that empathy, um, between my mom and me was really important um, and really memorable. That is really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I know that's not always easy to talk about or, you know, really even use that as a platform to create conversation, but that is absolutely wonderful. One that you guys are both in that place where you, where you guys can receive. There's so many times where a lot of times empathy is harder to accept or receive because we're not receivers. And a lot of times our society doesn't really teach us how to be good receivers of empathy. I mentioned before in um, our earlier episode that, you know, in my family, empathy is kind of hard to come by. <laughs> um, the tougher things are, the tougher we get as women. And I'm sure, um, other people can, can sort of relate to that if they had come from similar background. Um, but I, I really love the idea too. I kind of want to follow up with a little bit more question because I, I know you too are, are married happily <laughs> shout out. <laughs> uh, and I, I wonder how that helps create a level of empathy for yourself and, and your, and your husband. Does that because of uh, experiences similar to what you experienced with your mom, does that also kind of help you um, better empathize with, um, your partner? Yeah. So, um, so my husband, he, I don't think he'll mind me saying this, but he struggles with, um, anxiety, um, like pretty severely sometimes. And so I, 
like I struggle with anxiety too, um, but not at the level that he does sometimes. So like, so, but like, yeah, just because like I have my own struggles with like depression and like some anxiety and like I watch my mom struggle with it. Like I get where he's on a certain level, like I get where he's coming from. And I hope that I do a, a decent job of caring for him. Cause like a lot of people and our everyday life, like don't get anxiety. They don't understand why like these seemingly small things can just like send a person that struggles with anxiety, just like off the rails. And so like, I know that in his like everyday life, like maybe at work or like out and about, like he's not really getting that grace or that understanding from people. Um, they're just thinking like, you're literally crazy. I don't know what's going on with you. Like, so, um, yeah, we have those moments with each other where we're like calling each other crazy. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I think, um, at a basic level, like we're, we're learning to extend a lot of grace to each other because he's more anxious than I am and I'm way more sensitive than he is. <laughs> um, so, yeah. <laughs> I think that's really awesome um, how you mentioned that you both kind of like balance each other out. Like you're a little more sensitive. He has more anxiety about certain things so that you both kind of step up and help each other get through that. I think that's important in like a married relationship, a coupled relationship, friendships, just basically any relationship that we have that good, um, that good strike of balance, that good give and take. So I think that's really important. Oh, do you believe that empathy can be taught or learned or is it something that you're born with? I think that empathy is mostly taught. I think that um, certain personalities lend themselves to more empathy. Like, um, I think it comes more naturally to people who are more sensitive. Um, Like, I just, I know with myself, like, I'm such a sensitive and, like, deeply feeling person. Like, if if I see someone, just even a stranger, like, really struggling, like, it affects me for the rest of the day. And like, I take on, I take on those feelings. And so, um, and like my husband, like doesn't really have that, <laughs> but yeah, I think that empathy is mostly something that is nurtured, um, just like through the, the type of home you come up in, like the, or your chosen family, like your friends. And, um, yeah, I, I think to really foster an environment of empathy, it's about surrounding yourself with people who don't look like you, um, who come from different backgrounds. Um, yeah, I think that's the key. Cause if you're around people who are just like you, like you're not really learning to, um, learning to explore like different perspectives. You're not learning how other people feel. So yeah, I definitely think it's mostly nurtured. I think that's awesome that you mentioned about being around different people. Because a lot of times I think like when you're growing up, you grow up in this little safety net of your family. You get exposed to a little bit like, you know, at school or just maybe the neighbor or something like that. But I think it's really... For me, it was like when I went to college that I kind of was able to expand my horizons and be around people that I had never been around before, situations that I never experienced. And it allowed me to kind of stop being so sheltered and really just see the world in a bigger view because I wasn't around the same people and the same things all the time. So it really helped me going, moving away almost 700 miles from home to go to college is kind of one of the things that helped me be more empathetic because I was around so many different people in so many situations. So I think that's a really awesome point you brought up. Who is the most empathetic person you know, and how does it feel to kind of be around them? The most empathetic person I know is my friend Felice Salmon. She is a um, community artist 
in Lexington and um, specifically in like the north and east side of Lexington. And her and her husband have lived in the neighborhood for a number of years and um, she's a mother and um, yeah. So she is really committed to community art and is one of the people that um, was instrumental in me becoming more involved in community art and empathizing and learning from our neighbors. So I really admire her so much as a person and as an artist. And when I'm around her, I feel um, I feel challenged in the best possible ways. Like I feel enlightened. She like our just the conversations that we have. Um, like she just like brings so many things to light that I hadn't thought about before, <laughs> and it inspires me to notice people in populations that I may not have noticed before or thought about. I feel like those are the best types of people that we can have in our lives or the people that do challenge us. Um, I struggled a lot, um, you know, listening to my mom um, when I was younger and I'm sure everyone, you know, who doesn't have that issue growing up, but I think it's so funny now that as I look back over life and I'm just like, you know, actually it wasn't her like, you know, dictating a lot of things to me. It was because she was challenging me to be better and she saw that I could be better or there's areas of life that I could work on that would benefit um, me later on down the road. And that's the reason why she's hard as nails with me because she sees the potential. Um, And I think that is so incredibly important as we talk about empathy, one for each other, um, as all three of us are women of color, but also like in the world, how people... um, continue to see us um, as we grow old <laughs> and put out amazing work and do amazing things together um, as, as, a, as a group collectively and then individually as well. But I think it's awesome as well that, um, that there's women in the community, like women that you can locally reach out to that have your back like that. I think we all need that type of support, whether you're in the exact same industry, whether you're in um, industries that are on opposite ends of the stream. I think it's really, we all need a police in our lives. So I think that's really important. Um, and what did you want to be growing up? I, gosh, a lot of things. I wanted to be a veterinarian because I love animals. Um, I wanted to be, at one point I wanted to be a teacher. Um, I wanted to be, I settled on like doctor for a while, like even into like sophomore year of college, I was on that track (laughs) to become a doctor. And then I was like, no, I'm an artist. Like I have to follow this path. And I've been creative. And I've been like, I've had a paintbrush or pencil in my hands since I was like a little, little kid, but it's not something that I, I thought was a path for me. Like I didn't see people who look like me, um, black women growing up who were artists. And I, I mean, I know they were out there. I know they existed, but they weren't visible enough that as a little girl in Dayton, Ohio, like I saw black female artists um, doing it and making a living. Um, so so yeah, I I didn't really see a path for myself as an artist until just like a few years ago, honestly. <laughs> and I think that's so important. Number one, I can see you as a vet. Like that makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd be a great vet. I'd let my cat come see you. I think you'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> And another important point that you made, which is something that I talk about all the time, it's hard to be something that you've never seen. So like you were saying in Dayton, you didn't really know of any black female artists. So it's like, obviously you knew that they existed. You probably maybe read about one or two, but it's really hard to 
kind of come up with an idea of success and an idea of something that you're good at, something that you'd like to pursue, if you don't see anyone that looks like you doing it. So I think that's a really good point. And you can be the future of artistry for you little black girls out there. I think that's awesome. Yes, I hope so. That is my dream. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I'm inspired by this. Can I be the little black girl that's inspired by you? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you can. (laughs) I'm pulling some crayons or something. Like, we can get started. (laughs) <laughs> I'm always inspired again by all the works that you do and all the messaging that goes behind it. I feel like that is the that is the real uh, the real hot sauce on the chicken that I'm talking about. Like that's the real truth. If you could go back and and really speak to your younger self, that you know, the veterinarian or <laughs> all the things that you wanted to be when you were younger, what would you want her to know about empathy, knowing what you know today? That it's okay to feel and to feel deeply. It's okay to care. Um, It's okay to care about someone or what someone is going through as if you were going through it yourself. Um, Sensitivity and empathy are not weaknesses. Um, You can be a sensitive and empathetic person and also be very strong. And it's okay to be a quote-unquote bleeding heart (laughs) I think a bleeding heart is a lot of times seen as like a negative thing or like you're like a liberal bleeding heart like (laughs) you're like too concerned about um people who need to take care of themselves and like you know yada 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 but I like I'm proudly a bleeding heart like a you know I have a sensitive heart and um, I wear that like as a badge of honor <laughs> on my chest. So that's what I would say to my younger self because I was very different from everyone else in my family, like in that sensitivity, like just so different and so sensitive and like just baffling to my family. And so <laughs> I just got a lot of grief about it and like got picked on a lot about it. And so it was hard for me to like fully express that and feel comfortable in that space. Man, that is like, I feel like every little girl right now just needs to like hear that message. Um, those ex- specifically, those exact words I took away, what I took away from that was it's okay to feel. You can empathize and be strong. You can be a quote unquote bleeding heart. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that you said that because I, it is something that needs to be said starting at such a young age because we were told so early in our lives that it, you can't cry. Because, you know, that we are, we're not, we're ha- we have to be super tough. We have to be tougher than the people that make us feel like crying. And um, I feel like that is the opposite of really what we need. Obviously, it's, it, it, it clearly affects us growing up older uh, into adulthood, into women, and how we conduct our relationships and our friendships. Um, so just hearing those words, I mean, I can just feel my younger self like squealing right now. Um, because that is totally the medicine that I personally needed. And I'm sure many of our listeners do as well. And I agree with um, what Danielle said about um, sensitivity, sensitivity and empathy, not being weaknesses. I think you could even look at them as superpowers. Like, I think it's one of those things that a lot of people lack or a lot of people are so like, we're told to be strong and to be independent and to be all these things, but we're not allowed to feel what people would consider the weaker emotions. But I think we need that whole spectrum of emotions in order to truly appreciate and understand and kind of get to a better level and a higher level with other people. Like you can't just be angry all the time and never experience happiness. You can't be happy all the time and never experience sadness. You kind of need that gamut, that spectrum of feelings in order to be a well-rounded 
years. <laughs> so I really like that you said that. And I think that's really an important. But our last question for you today is what is one way that you practice empathy daily? By just paying attention. I think that we, or me, I'll just make it personal. I get caught up in everything that I feel like I need to do throughout the day. And I'm just like, I have blinders on. So paying attention to what and who is around me and remembering that people are not obstacles on the way to more important things that I I need to do. (laughs) I think that was beautifully said. And I agree with you a hundred percent. I'm going to speak for me and for everybody else too. We're, we all walk around with blinders. I think we're also just kind of engulfed in our own issues, engulfed in our own schedules. Like, Oh my gosh, rushing from here to there. And I love that. That's going to be like the quote of the day that people are not obstacles in the way. Like that is so amazing. That's so profound. And it's such a simple concept, but it's so, it's such a deep concept that a lot of times we stop to think, Oh no, if we help this person that needs help, I'm going to be five minutes late for work. And gosh, like it's just going to derail my whole day. But like you said, people are not obstacles. And I think that's really awesome. Yara, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your wisdom. And you seriously dropped some gems on us, girl. So thankful. You're welcome. Thank you so much. It's become an MTG tradition. Each episode, we ask our special guest to whiz through our flash questionnaire. Check out these responses. Okay, your go-to snack. Uh, Ice cream. (laughs) Yay! favorite invention (laughs) cell phone (laughs) yes (laughs) solid one (laughs) okay star wars or harry potter harry potter (laughs) that was my hunch um physical books or digital physical okay if you could travel anywhere in time where would you go and whom would you see oh my word (laughs) <laughs> okay as black people you know this is a, a very loaded question i'm like i don't we cannot go too far back or it's just like miserable and very dark um <laughs> i'm like i feel like usually like white people ask me this question I'm like y'all just don't even know this is not a fun question <laughs> i love you for bringing that up i truly love you for that. <laughs> okay uh okay i guess if i'm i'm just if i'm leaving that baggage behind um i will say i would like to go back to the 70s because i really like the fashion and the interior design from that era so i think i'd have a lot of fun yes that's a good choice all right favorite room in your house the living room and a gift you've recently received oh uh i got a surprise party for my 30th birthday (gasps) <gasps> and I was like truly surprised I've never been I've never had a surprise party thrown for me so it was a great great gift oh that's awesome happy belated birthday thanks <laughs> and just like that the episode ends but the combo has just begun thanks for listening to the MTG podcast we would love your feedback on the quality content of our shows let us know how we're doing with a comment or message on Facebook Twitter or Instagram by following hashtag MTG, the podcast. Continue to subscribe to future episodes via Apple Podcast, Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. Until next time.